Welcome to That Fat Author, a podcast journey through the creation of a novel. Each week, we'll check in with author Jessica Jones as she tells us about the trials, tribulations, and successes of writing a new work of fiction. Welcome to another edition of That Fat Author. I'm your host, Corey Munson, and I'm joined as I am every week by Jessica Jones. Hello, everybody. Welcome back. Yeah, we've been on a little bit of a break, so we're happy to kick off season two of the (laughs) podcast. So thank you so much for coming back and hope you didn't miss us too much while we were gone. Actually, I hope you did miss us. There you go. (laughs) I know. Finally, three weeks later, we're both uh, healthy enough to finally do a podcast. We initially took a week off because we went out of town. And then we came back from uh, Des Moines. And I was sick. And then I got sick. And (laughs) yeah, it's just been, it's been a heck of a month. It's been a mess. So we're glad to be back, though. We're thrilled to have some new audio equipment here in the podcast layer. Yeah, moving on up. So hope you enjoy the show. So Jessica, we always start (laughs) out each week by asking what you've been up to. Oh, I missed that. That little question there. Uh... I have been up to a lot of writing. Uh, I know everybody out there has kind of been following along, or if you're new, this is a podcast about me writing a time-traveling book. And I wrote, oh gosh, how many pages did I tell you? Probably 40? I was going to say it was 40 to 50 range. 40 to 50 pages. So we have now gone from, I think last time we talked to all of you, we were prom day and now I've already flown past that and I'm into back to the future. So it's been a lot of writing, but it's been awesome. You know how it's like, if you're a writer out there, you know that when you're in the moment and the juices are flowing, you just got to go with it. So that's what I've been doing. I've even, don't tell anybody, But I've even been sneak writing in my cubicle sometimes during the day at work if inspiration strikes. So it's just been so great to have that back a little bit. And I feel like there's a a lot of energy right now for you. I feel like you're really into it. Yeah, you know, and where that came from, I think, is... I can't remember if we talked about it before, but I got turned down by a few agents for my other book, Becoming Dylan, And instead of, you know, well, I allowed myself one day to get depressed, (laughs) one day. And then I said, screw this. It's time to just move on. And so I just, I think I took all that energy, all of that feeling and put it towards writing. So it's actually been great. It's been a great motivator. I still have, I think, three queries out to agents still for Becoming Dylan, my first book. So I'm still waiting on that. But right now, my whole focus is on my time-traveling novel. And I know in the past that you've used um, pitch contests as a mode to Mm -hmm. get your writing out there. So do you have any contests coming up? You know, there are a lot of contests right now going on. This is kind of the prime time for contests. But I thought about entering Becoming Dylan in a few of them. But I'm just so focused right now on my time-traveling book. I don't want to screw that up. So I've just kind of put everything else aside and put the contest aside, even though it's hard because I love participating. I love talking to people and meeting new people. So I'm hoping 
that I get to do that here maybe later on the summer or something like that. I know you've also been slightly discouraged by some of the results you're getting back with becoming Dylan. Yeah, absolutely. It's hard because, especially with this diversity pitch contest, I thought for sure that she would, you know, get some kind of results because Becoming Dylan is about fat people. I don't think enough books represent that right now. And so I thought with this diversity pitch contest that I would find a little bit more of that. And unfortunately, it just didn't seem to take with the agents. And the nice thing is, is that I had a lot of personalized rejections, a lot of nice things said about my writing, about my writing style, which made me feel awesome. It's just I got a lot of feedback about, well, this just isn't the book for me. And I've gotten that feedback before. So that's obviously something that I need to work on. But I just wish that I could find someone that was like, I love this book and I want to represent you and we will work on it together. (laughs) Right now, Becoming Dylan's just going to be put on the shelf unless one of these three agents comes back and says, hey, I love it. Let's go for it. So I think right now it's time to focus on time traveling. And that will be, excuse me, I think one of the advantages of your time travel book is that will be very easy, a very easy concept to pitch when it comes to it. And I think, uh, so that's a definite advantage. Have you started thinking about that part of the process, like how you're going to sell this new novel once it's complete, how you're going to try to get it out to people? Yeah, I've definitely started thinking about it. You know, we've talked about it. I think that this book will do better because maybe it's more accessible to more people. You know, the whole thing about this book is if I knew then what I know now and what happened when you, you know, went back to high school. And I think that resonates with a lot of people. I think a lot of people wonder what would happen. I think a lot of people have regrets and what could they do if they went back? Would they change things? How would they change things? So I've already started as I'm writing, thinking about, you know, even Twitter pitches. And because if you can sell your book in 140 characters, that's amazing. So I've already tried doing that, even though I don't even know where the book's going to end. Another question we always like to touch base on is, what have you learned about yourself this week? Uh, One thing I learned is it's very hard for me to work on two projects at once. I think I've touched on this in earlier podcasts. I kind of even put it out there on my uh, Twitter, which is That Fat Author. You know, I asked other authors, is it hard for your other writers? Is it hard for you to work on two work in progresses while, you know, at the same time? And it sounds like for the most part, people are pretty good at doing that. I still haven't mastered it. I have another book I would really like to edit while I'm working on my time traveling book. But just even looking at the other book overwhelms me. Because when I write, I get fully immersed. And so it's really hard for me to jump back and forth. But some people, I mean, that I talk to, some of the writers, they, they're they totally comfortable doing that. So as a writer, I'm sure if you're getting published, there you have to work on multiple projects at one time. So that's something that I need to work on. Also, I have learned that... I definitely get very attached to my characters. (laughs) Uh, And how I learned this is you and I had a discussion about one of my characters in the time travel book, my character, Corey, 
about whether she was relevant to the story or not. And as of now, the way I have it written, I don't think she is. But the thought of cutting her out of the story really kind of upsets me. (laughs) But as a writer, sometimes you have to think about the whole story and not just by character, but by whole story. So I definitely am very attached to these characters already. So it'll be interesting to see what I end up doing with them when it's time to edit the work in progress. Well, and the whole editing process is kind of an interesting one by itself. Have you ever had an instance where you wrote a character and ended up removing them completely from the story? No. (laughs) Because I, when I write a character, that person is now alive in my mind. And so I've always made the character work. Has the character morphed? Has the character gotten a new name, a new personality? Absolutely. Because with that, I have made that work. But have I ever created a character in a story that I haven't used? No. And as I'm writing this story, you know, I have four people that went back in time plus the two twins. That's six characters that we follow. And I'm just starting to wonder if it would be beneficial to combine a couple characters or just get rid of them altogether. I don't know. That's going to be a serious thing I have to look at when editing. And that also might be something that, you know, when I send out to readers, because I am this time around something that I've never done before, is I am going to send this book to three or four writer friends that I've made and ask them to read through the rough draft and give me their honest opinion about the characters and about the story as a whole and get the feedback early on. So that way, you know, I can kind of work in what I agree with. And we'll be right back with more from that fat author right after this. Just as a reminder, you can connect with Jessica Jones via email at thatfatauthor at gmail.com by searching for That Fat Author on Twitter or by visiting thatfatauthor.tumblr.com. We'll be back with more from this edition of That Fat Author right after this. And we're back with Jessica Jones. So, Jessica, when you think about your characters and you say that they're alive in your head, can you physically see or see them physically, like know what they look like? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like when I'm writing that person, like right now with this book, the time traveling book, I haven't even really described the characters. And I just am one that I don't do a lot of description about my characters because I really like the reader to think make up the character in their mind. And that's the kind of reader I am too. I really like books that just give me a general outline and then I can make up the rest. But in my mind, I absolutely see who they are. And I also, because I'm very much a film and TV nerd, as I'm creating these characters, I already start thinking about what actors and actresses could play them in a movie. Or I start thinking about the soundtrack that would play in the movie as I'm writing a scene. I mean, it's a very interactive experience for me when I'm writing. So we always wrap up each week by asking what you've got on deck. Yeah, so honestly, it's just a lot more writing. 
I have, I've gotten to the point where we're now into people's futures. And so I'm having to write that part. And then we'll have kind of the fallout from that and see what happens. I would say probably within the next, if I'm able to write the way that I've been writing the last few weeks, I wouldn't surprise me if the book would be done in the next, probably next month, which is really exciting. So yay. And starting with this new season of That Fat Author, we're going to change up the format a little bit and add a section to the end here. Ooh. <laughs> we're pretty excited. So what we're going to do is the end of each episode, Jess is going to take that time to delve a little bit deeper into the plot of her book. And we're calling this Spoilers. Spoilers. Because we want to give folks the opportunity, if they don't want the ending of the book spoiled to not listen so just stop listening now if you don't want the book spoiled for you all right jess all right let's spoil some stuff what happened yes. in your story okay so last time we kind of left off we were at prom and so i just want to kind of catch you up on the four characters what happened to them on prom night so christina she actually went over to bellamy and wilder's house and stayed there for the night so she didn't even go to prom she didn't want to stay at her house because she was afraid that Trevor would come and find her. And I don't know if I've used his name on here before. Trevor's the guy who assaults her originally in the night of prom. And so she is afraid he'll hunt her down, come to her house. So she's staying over at Wilder and Bellamy's for the night just to make sure she's okay. And then we have Blaze or Tim, but he's Blaze now. And he decided that he wasn't going to do any drugs and he didn't. And that was a big deal because if you remember in his first round, he did do drugs at prom and that kind of took him on the path to now where he was a drug addict. So that'll definitely change his future. And then we had Corey and her big thing is she ended up having sex on prom night. She lost her virginity and she's thinner now. She's got several guys she's looking at. And so that actually affects her uh, future as well. And then we have Josh, and he ended up saving Trevor's life, his best friend, uh, the one who assaulted Christina. Because if you remember, Trevor then assaulted her and then drove off, got in a car accident, died. And Josh always felt very guilty about that, that he didn't stop him from drunk driving. He was able to stop that. But that we'll also see if that affected Josh's life in the future. So then all of that happens and we get to the day after prom and everybody meets up and decides that they want to get back to the future to see what ended up happening. So skipping ahead to their back to the future, as I like to call this section of the book, I've only done Corey's section and Blaze's section. And Corey ends up, so in her first life, she was this big wig, VP, rich, single, living the high life. And now in this life, she ends up being a single mom. Uh, she has three kids, all from different dads. She doesn't even, she barely graduated high school, doesn't have a college degree, barely surviving. And the sad thing is that if you remember when they go back to the future, they remember their other life. And so now she's having to decide, you know, she's having this kind of crisis of what did I do? I had this amazing life before. Yeah, she was alone, but 
she had everything she could ever want. So she's struggling with that. And then Blaze, in the first life, he was a very famous musician, but he was also a drug addict. And in this life, he is married to his high school sweetheart, and he's a music teacher. And that's great. But as the chapter goes on, we find out that he's very unhappy. He's not even sure she's pregnant. He's not even sure he wants to be a dad. He plays in gigs around his small town, and he's very dissatisfied with his life. And now, unfortunately, he gets to remember that he originally did go off and live his dream and become famous. And he's wondering, you know, I know this sounds weird, but he's kind of wondering, why did I not do the drugs? Because that's what fueled him to go off and almost give him his bravery in a way which sounds horrible but because I don't want to glorify drugs, but it did. That's just the facts. Now he's also regretting coming back because in the other life, he wanted a wife. He wanted kids. He wondered what it would be like to be normal. Now he sees it and he's not thinking it's that great. So, so far, two of the four don't have horrible lives, but they're not what they were the first time around. Fantastic. And we can't wait for next week to find out some more. Yeah, so next week I will hopefully let you know what Christina and Josh's futures turned out to be like. I want to thank you for joining us. I'm Corey Munson. And I'm Jessica Jones. We'll catch you next week. You can connect with Jessica Jones at any time via Twitter at ThatFatAuthor or over email by emailing ThatFatAuthor at gmail.com. We'll be back next week with more from That Fat Author. Thank you for joining us. Bye.